sort of explore creativity. We piss people off. You know, who has access to art? An ephemeral queer space. You're just mm -hmm. like, you get this crazy idea and you're like, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> if not now, when? Welcome to episode three of the Third Space Gallery podcast. I am your host, Abigail Smith. Today we are highlighting Chroma, which is a queer advocacy group based out of St. John. Their programming promotes connection and creativity in the queer community with regular skill building workshops and group hangouts. I took part in a Zoom vinyl sticker making workshop through Chroma, and that was during a phase of the pandemic where we, I really needed to meet new people, and it was especially nice to connect with people in the queer community who I didn't know in St. John. And yeah, so they have regular programming that you can check out on their social media. I definitely recommend everyone check it out. Also, if you're a queer person with a skill that you'd like to share, definitely reach out to Chroma about presenting a workshop. One thing that I really appreciate about them is that they pay folks to present workshops and also they not only have youth-only programming, they also program youth-led workshops. So if you know a skilled young person who would like to lead a workshop, definitely connect with them. I loved this conversation with Chroma co-founder and board member Alex Ash. Their energy is truly infectious and uh, you'll, you'll all see that very soon. I also wanted to thank everyone for tuning into the Third Space podcast in general. At episode three, we are so grateful for the wonderful feedback we've gotten and it's been really nice to finally share all these recordings with everybody. And for those that don't know, Third Space Gallery is a member-led organization. Members can sit on programming committees, participate in member gallery shows, have a vote in the gallery's annual general meeting. I personally am not a visual artist, but I, this, the production of this podcast is a function of my membership, which was really cool to work on. If you are a visual artist, then the member shows are a really great thing to be able to participate in. So if you're interested in becoming a member, go to our website at thirdspacegallery.com. Thank you again for listening, and please enjoy this interview with Alex Ash of Chroma NB. Hi, so my name is Alex Ash, and I am on the executive board at Chroma, uh, Pride, Inclusion, and Equality. Uh, when I am not hanging out with the 2SLGBTQ IA community. I work at the St. John Learning Exchange as a coach and coordinator um, and have a lot of fun down here at the hub. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm really excited about Chroma and uh, I'm, I'm so excited to, to learn more about it from you. Thanks for having me. Uh, so tell me about, take me back to um, when Chroma was a twinkle in the founding board's eyes. Um, how did the, what was the genesis of the idea? So um, Karen Pridgen, who is also on the executive board and is one of the founding members of Chroma, had an idea to uh, start a creative project and um, met with uh, Chris Squire and Manjeet Tor at then at the YMCA. And this is over a year ago now. Um, and so we, uh, I got roped into the conversation then as well. And we sat down and we were thinking about diversity and inclusion in St. John and how there was a lack of resources for uh, the 2SLGBTQIA plus community uh, here in the city. 
And I think at that point we were thinking kind of small scale. We were thinking, well, maybe we could put on an event, a monthly event, uh, you know, maybe not apply for funding or anything like that. Just, you know, minimal resources, something to bring people together. And we had one uh, successful workshop that was actually hosted at Prude, um, which was a blackout poetry event, um, which had about 20, 25 participants, I think. And um, we were very excited. It had gone very well. We had some folks interested uh, in sort of helping us out and volunteering. Uh, and then obviously um, good old COVID came along and there was a big shutdown. So I guess the good thing about that was um, that glimmer um, that we had kind of started with. I guess COVID actually allowed us to take stock a little bit and think maybe larger scale about what we could maybe do with it um, and maybe how we could turn it into something uh, beyond just a, a monthly event um, for the queer community. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I feel like I can I can sense that like maybe the, the pandemic, um, did it sort of like sharpen the idea of what you really wanted to do? Did that change like the the overall like goals of the organization or, or make it like a, a kind of a stronger need? Mm, I think I think twofold. Uh, firstly, we were able to actually um, have the time instead of just running programming initially, we were able to take the time to um, really plan out what we could do. And then I guess we were allowed to kind of dream big because we couldn't run any events. Um, so um, it allowed us to maybe, you know, clarify some of the things um, that we were doing. And obviously I've said twofold and now I'm like, mm, what was the other fold? I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> what the other fold was. Um, but I guess, you know, just the fact that we really, uh, we really got a chance to, you know, look at maybe some funding options. How could we make this maybe a, um, a bigger thing? And also, I guess, um, in a time of isolation, we realized, well, you know, a lot of maybe minority groups during the pandemic, you know, we, it's been shown we're harder hit. And so, you know, how can we create space um, for um, the queer and trans community um, during a kind of global crisis, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. It, um, like addressing that, uh, that, you know, now really prevalent need of isolation. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's always been kind of the the thing that the queer community contends with and fights and pushes back against is you know trying to mm -hmm. find each other um when when things are quite atomized under the best of circumstances Definitely. um i went to your first um as chroma like the creative nights uh, event with um artist izzy francolini mm -hmm. uh, that was awesome um thank you how did that feel for you guys and and can you tell me a little bit about that uh, about that workshop yeah, sure. So that was our first uh, creative night under the sort of under the uh, moniker of Chroma. And um, I think that one of the coolest things about it, um, about the creative nights, is it really allows us to collaborate in a really real way with um, both artists, facilitators um, and different organizations. So um, we um, hired our project coordinator for Creative Nights. Um, we hired Tanya James, who is incredible. And, um, well, we both love her. Um, yes. And lots of, yeah, yeah. So as, as an aside. Um, and um, I think, yeah, uh, she's doing incredible, incredible work, actually. Um, what 
she's uh, brought to the table is just this ability to sort of connect and navigate through lots of different community groups and organizations and find uh, things that she thinks will fit. Um, and, you know, part of our mandate really was to make sure that we are um, employing uh, queer and trans people, you know, so we are for that community and we are also employing those people. Um, so um, Izzy um, came to mind originally actually because um, I'd seen their work at visitors and thought it was incredible and then they also had some facilitation experience um, and so when they um, uh, put forward an application it just seemed like a perfect way uh, sort of to I guess launch uh, the first uh, creative night um, and so another really great thing about it was that we had an, a virtual it was a virtual workshop as you know because you were um, you were there. Um, but there was also um, an in-person component that was hosted out of the Teen Resource Centre. So um, one thing we've really tried to do is, as I said, kind of really kind of actively collaborate um, with artists, but also to kind of create some partnerships with other local community organisations. So um, the Teen Resource Centre sort of put the word out and we had a couple of youth uh, come to that workshop in person and then have the screen uh, the screen up with Izzy and their making um, up there as well. So going forward, it will be uh, in person until things, you know, if things sort of flip back and we have to do virtual, that's fine. But the goal is to kind of going forward to have in-person workshops and um, try and partner with more people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the, I'm curious uh, with like the, kind of the beginning of a new um, 2S LGBTQIA plus advocacy group, what do you, you and your team feel is the value in having it be um, create like a, an, a visual arts or creative arts focused organization? I think that it allows people to kind of bring a bit of themselves um, and it also can appeal to a really wide audience like it doesn't matter you don't need to be a skilled skilled in one specific area to join a lot of these workshops um, it can be a chance to sort of explore creativity it also I think um, one of the awesome things I mean obviously art is um, a big part of my life um, you know both musically and I suppose being married to an to an artist also um, lends itself to to that but I think that it allows people to um, maybe give them a purpose so give them a purpose with regards to like they come to a new space they don't know anyone maybe they're doing something they're active in participating so it's not like you know um and, and i'm excited to do this too but you know it's not like a queer meetup or a queer and trans meetup it you know where the purpose is to get to know people it's it's something to come together to kind of bring you together um, and that socialization aspect almost, I don't know, maybe it, 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 it's on parallel or something, but it's like, here we are all together, um, you know, working on something uh, individually, but also together. Um, so I guess that sort of sense of community art, art lends itself to that sort of collaborative community building um, idea, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly, like, I think that my experience with it um, and and why why one of the reasons I admire Chroma is that um, activity based 
hangouts are um, a little far and few between for adults. Yes, um, totally. So that was like really refreshing to um, to have like um, a physical thing that we're, um, you know we're doing and we're learning about the vinyl sticker material and y- you guys made it really accessible and easy to pick up the materials um and so we're we're kind of all doing something with our hands but um but it was but also I I met some folks that live in the same city as I do but I had never crossed paths with before so that was really cool too um mm-hmm. and just the like kind of crafting nature of it the the pressure was really off cuz I, I didn't feel like I could mess it up <laughs> cuz it's yeah. pretty low stakes but um but it it also reminded me of like you know, when I was in high school, I, I knew of, like, some gay-straight alliances. But I, I, after high school, like, aside from, like, gay bars, which are, are awesome and serve their own purpose, there there isn't really – there's, like, a missing piece for a, for queer adults who need to connect and, and need to be yeah. directed to resources. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, they do maybe have them in larger cities, but I think there's just been – a bit of a lack of that, of those resources here. Um, And I think I really like that you mentioned high schools and GSAs because we really hope to down the line when we maybe uh, have more of an education pillar under our belt, which is a, you know, a medium term goal of ours. um, We hope to kind of go and speak to high schools so that they know um, that there is something for them after they graduate, you know, a kind of a transition piece or a bridging, you know, to say, you know, you had this support when you were at school, um, just so you know, you are not left to navigate this by yourself. Um, and we're here to support you and we're here to help you build community after you leave high school. Um, because as you said, that is an important piece, which, which is totally missing um, here. And it is really needed. And even judging by the fact that you know, we had uh, so many people on the first uh, attending the first workshop is um, it's kind of showing that, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you are you folks getting the sense that you're like feeling a real need? Like, how has the response been? The response has been incredibly positive. Um, you know, we had a lot of um, awesome feedback because um, we want to make sure that it's what people want to. You know, it's like, well, we did this, but we want it to be community led. You know, so if it was like we really enjoyed that, we'd like to do that again. We'd like to do something um, with, um, you know, uh, we want to do some painting. We want to do some drawing. We want to learn about sculpting or, or using um, plaster. Who knows? You know, the the world is our uh, oyster, I guess. We can kind of take it in whatever direction people want. If people come to us with an idea, um, and we can find the person to to lead it. Um, I don't see why we can't do it. I do feel that liberation. I'm I'm so glad that the response has been so positive. And you mentioned that the like medium term goals for Chroma is to to be able to like present your um your programming to high schools. Um, are there any other medium or longer term goals for the organization? Um, yeah, definitely. So uh, with with that same idea in mind, um, we're hoping to be presenting to uh, high schools, but also to organizations who might be looking for um, uh, inclusivity training, you know, maybe safe spaces and um, how to be maybe more aware of gender and sexuality in the workplace. You know, how, how can we have inclusive language? Um, how can we make people feel welcome? Um, have already had a couple of we've already had a couple of organizations uh interested in that kind of training um 
and you know we're hoping to to partner again with other organizations in the city to kind of see what the needs are and tailor education and and trainings to uh to them so i think there's a lot of scope um to do those kinds of things um and it's something that we are actually you know it's in the works um as our next project would be would be that education piece and we're also hoping to expand the creative nights especially over the summertime um where maybe it's not just once a month we actually do also have um another program running in parallel to the creative nights it's actually at the boys and girls club so that is youth focused uh for their cohort um but it has i guess thinking about again that bridging you know it's people acknowledging that they they might be a youth now but um people get older <laughs> people age people age um, yeah okay you heard it here first um <laughs> so so you know knowing that there is a service for them um after they you know maybe they're too old to go to the boys and girls club but they know that they can still come to events uh and programming um at chroma so yeah we've been working really closely with jill for our at the boys and girls club um who's uh coordinating with tanya um, to run those programs as well. So we do, technically we do two a month at the moment because we have one running out of the Boys and Girls Club and one um, at any other location um, that will have us. And I guess that's another piece of it too, is finding spaces um, and uh, something that I think I have, I think I said it um, on the radio before. <laughs> um, I feel like that's like a weird humble prag of like oh on the radio oh no you you guys are hot property <laughs> so you can don't worry if you have to recycle i i, I yeah i'm recycling uh <laughs> so yeah so the the phrase i was using was uh, ephemeral space and so this idea that you know um uh, an organization or a business allows us to use space and then that space um becomes a queer space an ephemeral queer space so it means that it makes it easier for maybe other queer and trans people to use that space after us maybe we can use it again maybe they can start to run their own programs um that are geared towards our community um you know so really i guess the real driving force behind all of this is you know how can we actually collaborate with people in a really real and meaningful way and um, provide a community uh, space and outlet for people who where it's maybe missing at the moment. I yeah, I love what you folks are doing. Um, I I love that your mandate is to to collaborate with other organizations and to kind of like leave like uh, queerness in your wake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. <laughs> and where can people um, engage with Chroma online or keep an eye on like upcoming events? Uh, yeah, so you can find us in a bunch of different places on the interweb. You can find us at chromanb.ca. You can email us at query at chromanb.ca. <laughs> we have an Instagram and a Facebook account that is run by uh, Nada Ratney, who is our marketing uh, board member. Um, and she's awesome, and she uh, basically will respond very quickly <laughs> to anything and everything. Um, and you can find us on Facebook at Chroma NV or Instagram Chroma underscore NV.
Thank you for listening to the Third Space Gallery podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Abigail Smith, with invaluable support from St. John's only campus and community radio station, Local 107.3 FM. Our logo is by Judd Crandall of Pulp and Paper Design, and our theme song is Norwood Falls by Wangled Teb. Thank you to the Third Space Gallery Board of Directors and our Executive Director, Kathleen Buckley.